and welcome to the Interception Podcast. It's the podcast that scours the internet, the hillsides, the Rocky Mountains, to the Atlantic seaboard. We scour everywhere for news, notes, tidbits on your fantasy football that might fall through the cracks in other places, but not here. Oh no, we bring it to you, just like you want. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, magic's gonna happen, magic's gonna happen? No. (laughs) Oh no, I was so close to it. Oh man, it it made me feel like um, the Office episode when uh, (laughs) Michael Scott's like, sometimes I just start a sentence and I don't know where it's gonna go and I kind of just hope I can, uh, I'll find it out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, it was going to be amazing, and then yeah, I blew it in the end. It's the Interception Podcast. My name's Daniel. I'm here with my brother, Derek. We are the Whites. Derek, how are you on this fine November evening? Well, doing great today, Dan. The Jets won, and uh, we don't hide the fact that we cheer for the Jets. Actually, okay, we do hide it, but maybe not on the podcast because nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh Great game they won, and then I was playing Tyrod Taylor in both leagues, and garbage time, he gets two TDs in garbage time, one of them rushing, and all of a sudden I got 26 points this week, so I'm feeling good. I bet you are. Um, I, on the other hand, am also feeling good, but not as quite as good as the past weeks. I only won in one league this past week, so shot of the week this week is going to be a little treat, though. Uh, so I'm drinking Alamo Gold. I know, I know what you're saying. Uh, I didn't lose in both leagues. Why am I going straight to the garbage tequila? Uh, but I have Alamo Gold in a sweet, sweet Jello shot. If you remember last year, <laughs> around this time, I had some Jello shots because we had a bit of a soiree at my humble abode, and uh, so now I got a Jello shot here. So I'm just gonna slug that back. Go ahead, dear. <laughs> well, I can tell by the way you're talking and the fact that you're doing a Jello shot. It was a cla- it truly was a classy affair. <laughs> Low class. <clothes. laughs> <laughs> and that's what you sounded after the night was over. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> gargling anyway oh, let's continue on. oh well, well at least what kind of jello i was lime jello with right. uh with the tequila and then a hint of triple sec and then after i poured it into the cup i splashed in a little bit of grenadine to give it that tequila sunrise effect if you will oh wow <laughs> i take back my like innuendo of it not being classy <laughs> that is pretty classy i had my pinky up the whole time i took that shot <laughs> um anyways, the, game, no. <laughs> the game was great um it was kind of boring in the the later stages but still a good game um uh, the jets looked fantastic robbie anderson i feel like is the real deal um i don't know the more i watch this kid it seems like he just gets open and he seems so explosive like so fast and just some really great catches. Like he, this guy's laying out. He's got that my ball mentality. He goes out, lays out for the ball, and brings it in. Really good um, touchdown reception. Uh, kind of walk the tightrope. Um, Tony Romo and uh, I think his name's Jim Nance were questioning whether I was a catch, but it was clearly a catch. He caught it, held it, and came down with it. It was really nice. Uh, and- ASJ got one stolen from him. Oh stolen. yeah, he pushed off. I was just gonna say about Anderson. Um, he's actually one. He's actually been a great wide receiver this year. You know, like all those points. I, I, you were looking at the top uh, wide receivers. Now it might be a little skewed because of this game already, but I feel like he's a top twenty wide receiver. I can find out for you if you talk over. Uh, yeah, no talk problem. About the game for a few um, but he looks great. <laughs> Dan Hensus was saying that uh, when Quincy and Nunwa comes back, if if they just get like one more wide receiver in the draft, this is really going to be a powerful offense. I'm a little worried that they're going to get rid of uh, the offensive coordinator Morton. I think it's Morton. Anyway. And I kind of have this like thought 
and, you know, maybe I'm way off that if the offensive coordinator was about to leave the Jets, that you maybe make him the head coach. And, uh, you know, you get rid of Todd Bowles. Now, I do like Todd Bowles, but, you know, a couple, <laughs> a couple bad losses in the fourth quarter. And even in this game, you know, giving up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I don't know. I've, when you're losing that way, it is a head coach thing. And so I, I would never get rid of this offensive coordinator, though, the way he's making McCowan look like what was supposed to be like the worst roster in the league. So pretty excited about the Jets. Yeah, AJ Schmode it. But, and all the running backs got the ball. So I, wouldn't, I still wouldn't feel comfortable playing anyone. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Anderson currently right now with today's score is the 20th wide receiver. So that probably that's definitely not going to stand because uh, no one else has played. But still, pretty impressive overall, if you ask me. Uh, and then also, a uh, huge Forte night out of nowhere. Forte goes and tries to write his season, getting two touchdowns. Incredible. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Be able to uh, played him, right? That's the only thing. That's Well, I think people with bye week trouble uh, played him. Yeah, fair enough. I, guess, I think he got played in both our leagues. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> I was way off then. I, exactly. I'm too good for playing Forte in the bye week, but I guess you got to do what you got to do. I do want to give some props to the Buffalo Bills head office for giving everyone the, the heads up earlier today that uh, our boy Kelvin Benjamin, uh, who recently got traded to the to the Bills, uh, wasn't going to play. So no one had to have that, that decision today <laughs> right before the game around 6 o'clock of, oh, no, you put him in? Do you not put him in? It's Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, oh, man, luckily, that would have been rough. They saved us that despair because uh, I, was, I was going back and forth uh, whether I was going to put him in or not. So... Thank you to the Buffalo Bills for uh, that save. Uh, I got no nothing else really from this game. I think overall, it's just the, this is like the Bills showed up, right? I think uh, the offensive line wasn't there, uh, and the defensive line wasn't there either because they were actually running the ball a ton in the early part of the game. I think even uh, the announcers were surprised at how well the Jets were running the ball. Uh, but El Powell had uh, a one really long 60-yard run that looked fantastic and then had like a 40-yard or 30-yard run right after that that got called back with a, a holding penalty. Um, but because Forte got those goal line looks, uh, it doesn't really look like Fidel Powell had a great day. But still 65 yards, I think, uh, and 6.5 points. So not like the worst weekend, but not the worst outing, but n- not the best either. Yeah. If I had Forte right now, I would try to trade him to somebody that got me excited about the stat line. Oh, for sure. For right, sure. you'd have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Maguire was getting the ball too, right? He was a lot, and so was Powell. Like they, It's a yeah. true three-headed monster there. Like uh, I think if you watch the first three plays of the game, it went Forte, Maguire, and then Powell. Like one, two, three each play. So it's definitely anyone's anyone's ball game there, or anyone's run game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I'm surprised though because I did think the Bills had a good uh, or a better team, and uh, they didn't really show up like I like I think we've already said. Uh, and it also this kind of kills my bet at the beginning of the year that the Jets would only win five games. Uh, now they're just one game out. <laughs> <laughs> it could still happen though. The bet. schedule was pretty rough going forward. It does look pretty rough, but I think they have one or two in there that I think they can definitely win. So we'll see. Uh, and it's hard not to cheer for the Jets too because uh, we are true Jets fans. Uh, who bet against them in the, in the season <laughs> future? Self-loathing Jets fan. <laughs> At least I'm a realist, you know. Yeah. Um, any other news notes uh, from this week? There's some huge trades happened. Jay Jai going to the Eagles. Um, that Dwayne Brown trade to Seattle, uh, and then obviously Calvin Benjamin leaving the Panthers, going to the Bills. Uh, anything that you think sprinkles out from this? I thought I thought about it for a little bit. Uh, I did hear on. 
the football guys uh, on the couch podcast, they were saying that they were slightly concerned that because the Eagles are winning right now, that they would put uh, like take their time with the Jai, bringing him back. Like they even thought of a possibility of just waiting till so he's uh, fresh during the playoffs. They were saying they had no reason really to even play him this year, even though wow. like th- they did trade for them. So I feel like he's going to play him. But like if he does have knee issues, right, and they're just not quite right. If you're still winning with what you have right now, there is no reason to rush him back. Yeah, especially against the Broncos. Like, did you guys not see what the Broncos just did this past weekend against uh, Kansas City? Uh, they played the yeah, they played the Chiefs, right? I got that right. Yeah, right? bottling yeah. up yeah. Uh, cream. Uh, they bottled up cream Hunt, uh, and you just that just that, that defensive line just looked uh, really good. Um, and so I can't imagine how you'd want to put someone in who could possibly have a knee injury. Um, and, and with the potential of injuring him, why not like wait? Uh, also, great news because I I have to play against him this week, and I'm I'm eager for the guy to start him because I think that he's not going to see a lot of time. Why would you put him in right away? Uh, he's only been on the team for what three or four days now, uh, when it comes up to Sunday. So I, I don't know how you would start him confidently this week. If if, if I had a guy this week, I put him on my bench and I try to find someone to fill in. But obviously, it's tough with all the bye weeks. Hundred percent agreed. I feel like they come out and just say, just like with Benjamin, that he's not playing this week. Yeah, I hope they do. Uh, otherwise, there's gonna be some people's troubles. Uh, and then the Seahawks, uh, with that Dwayne Brown trade from uh, the Houston Texans, they got a nice uh, tackle. Uh, hopefully, shoring up that uh, offensive line. A bunch of the podcasts were joking around, uh, saying that finally they have someone who's actually played professional football before in the on their offensive line, and maybe he'll actually be able to show them how to block and play uh, play as an offensive lineman in the NFL. Um, it should help a lot. It could actually help out the run game, but I think more than anything, it's going to help out uh, our our boy Russell Wilson um, giving a little more protection and letting him sling the ball. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, though, and I think actually against the Redskins, um, who really maybe have a bit of a stout defense on uh, the, in their corners, like their, their deep game. It'll be interesting to see how Seattle plays this week uh, with Dwayne Brown there. Yeah, I totally agree. Nice. Um, killed it. Was... <laughs> yeah, you did. You killed it. Uh, the Seahawks did look against a tougher pass rush. Um, they have looked bad throughout this year. So if he does sure it up, like you said, Russell Wilson will have a lot more opportunity. Just the thought that uh, they could be even better on offense after that Houston Texans game, it, it has to be very exciting for anybody that has any of the Seahawks. For sure, for sure. But with that said, Houston's defense was really bad, like really, really bad. Yeah, and, a lot of people were saying they were biting on a lot of the play actions, like, and it was clear that play action wasn't gonna wasn't they weren't gonna be running the ball. They they had a total of six yard six uh, forward progress yards. I don't know if that's true, but they ended up with six, plus six yards uh, in the running game. Um, they they just kept getting bottled up no matter what happened. So it was um, it, it, then they were biting on play action, which didn't make sense. So uh, definitely the Houston Texans defense, at least that that oh that defensive line that's supposed to be. I know they lost two major players with uh, Watt and Merciless, but Clowney's still there, and um, I don't know. It just seems like they're not playing that great. They're in ba- like oh, we didn't bring up the main news of today. <laughs> Well, here, uh, here we go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, needed. Deshaun Watson uh, tears his ACL in a non-contact. Uh... You know what was interesting about that, Derek, is that there was a post just before um, 
that post that talked about how he was going to take it easy today and be questionable because he had a sore knee. And then later on in the day, about two hours later, he tore his ACL. So yeah. do you think he went out there and tried to push himself with a sore or a tight knee and then tore it? Like, that's a possibility. Well, I don't know how it all works, right? So I don't know. Oh, me either. Just because it's sore, Science. it means yeah, it means it's going to tear more. You, you should have asked our medical expert. I'm surprised oh. you didn't. Well, we'll get it for later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but now the team's uh, dead, that, right? That, like, yeah, that downplays everyone on that team. I don't know who. I think I read that they picked up McGloin. Uh, was it McGloin? Yeah, it was the backup. Yeah, it was McGloin. Uh, so Thomas, Tom Savage is going to uh, – I don't know. Maybe they, they did want to start Tom Savage at the beginning of the year. Maybe Santavis has something secretive that we never got to see in that first game against uh, the Jaguars. <laughs> but I don't have high hopes. Um but as they would say in the, uh, in the Around the NFL podcast, Tom Savage is real again, and I'm excited to uh, – well, not really excited, but it'll be interesting to see how this team plays out going forward. I think any kind of playoff hopes have just been nixed, though. They, they, they needed that offense. They needed that spark from jo- uh, Deshaun Watson, and uh, they no longer have it. So all your offensive players on, on the Houston Texans, you got to downplay them. Uh, I think, if, <laughs> I think, I think uh, Hopkins – uh, expect what you got last year from Hopkins. Like wide receiver three play. now, right? If you're yeah. lucky. Fuller, I don't know if he's even on the map. You, you might get lucky he's because unplayable. Guys, people will still probably go towards uh, Hopkins. So maybe he's able to get some bombs down the field. Remember last year, he did get a few touchdowns, but it was nothing compared to what they were doing uh, this season. And then uh, your boy, Derek. Oh, my, well, my, my boy, Lamar Miller. Yeah, uh, heartbreaking because the run game was finally opening up. They were focusing on Lamar Miller. Like he's still going to get the ball, but it, they're going to just yeah. stack the box, right? It's easy. Yeah, easy to stop that. Yeah, it's very it's very rough. So I'm thinking Lamar Miller is a low-end RB2 where I felt like he was a bottom uh, RB1 uh, with Deshaun Watson there just because they were scoring so much. There's so many like red zone opportunities. Yeah. Sad Definitely day. A tough break. A tough break for football because – uh, they were shaping up to be a team that was going to be super exciting. I was actually talking to a friend about um, the AFC conference and how it would have been really interesting to see like a Patriots-Houston match somewhere in the playoffs there because I think that uh, Houston always plays uh, New England tight and it would be interesting to see uh, Houston with a good a good offense uh, playing the New England Patriots and, and seeing what would happen there. I also feel like this kind of just uh, rolls up the red carpet for uh, the Patriots again. Uh, to go straight to uh, the the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad, really. It's just bad for football. It's bad for football. It's really bad. Well, Steelers, some people are still saying the Steelers are the best team in the AFC. Ah, uh, but Big Ben, I don't man. agree. Ben, I personally don't agree, but... Yeah. How could yeah, you agree? It's, it's it's like Big Ben yeah. throws a throws a long one, then throws a, like throws a short... Throws like one way over some guy's head, and then, then hits a bomb perfectly. Like, he, he's, the guy's hit or miss. Yeah. It's too bad. Well, I don't know if I brought this up before, Dan, but we all know defense wins championships, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, you have said that. And you do know that the best defense in the league right now is the Jaguars. Is the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> Blake Portal, finally, there's nobody talking about him, right? Because he gets in his own head. And if people are like, all up in his face, he can't play. But then nobody's even paying attention. I think most people don't even know he exists. Yeah. He, He's actually even a sneaky fantasy player. <laughs> and here's a stat crazy, line but... here. Here's a stat line. Tom yeah. Brady has lost more Super Bowls than 
Blake Bortles. Oh, there so we go. Think about that for a second. <laughs> Smoke a pipe and really ponder that one. <laughs> but he had 300 yards, and was it like a couple touchdowns the last game they played? Um, and he had a quote after the game, and it was uh, – he's like, I, I want them to keep daring me to throw it. Like, bring it on. Like, he was so excited because finally they weren't just – because what you know what they would do? They used to block the passing, or actually maybe they blocked the run. I don't know. But the main thing is Bortles was bordering it, but now they're not really like focusing on him. He has a little more opportunity to just sort of squeak it in there. And if that D – who's that guy, uh, the Jaguars guy that everybody's kind of getting excited? He feels like the next Josh Gordon. Uh, something Watson uh, – Westbrook. Yeah, uh, Deed Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. He, doesn't he have some Josh Gordon vibe to him? I really – like – didn't play for a little bit at the beginning of the year. People are saying he was the best wide receiver in college football last year. Uh, he's just coming off IR. He's going to be the best wide receiver on the team. Blake Bortles loves to target in on just one guy. This I, I'm actually really excited about this guy. I, everybody should be stashing him if they haven't already. And the fact that people aren't freaking out. like People are freaking about Corey Davis right now, but I think they, might, they should be freaking about this uh, Deed Westbrook guy. That sounds good. Uh, Blake Bortles' last game had 330 yards and one touchdown. Had a QB rating of 124.7. Just incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it wasn't garbage time. Yeah, that's true. eh? They won the game. No, Dan, sneaky. Sneaky, (laughs) sneaky Bortles, man. How much money are you putting on this? (laughs) Well, you know what? I think they're 30 to 1 the last time I checked. To win the Super Bowl. (laughs) 10 bucks, win 300. I love it. Well, I was just going to put like a dollar and just win free 30 bucks. (laughs) I like it. Okay, yeah. yeah, So this week we are going to go through the games. Uh, I feel like it's a format that works for us. Um, We'll just go through them each one by one. Uh, There is four teams on, six teams on by this week. Uh, I don't know what they are. I just know the the Pats are off uh, and a couple other teams. So Pats, Browns, anyone who played in London last week. cares we won't talk about them if if they're not on this list that we're about to read through uh, so to start off with, uh start us off colts and texans uh so we talked this, this about game took a big hit man this took a hit. this game is gonna be so like the colts the colts are probably the biggest winners this week because jacoby percent versus going. tom savage yeah i'm actually so a little i'm ruining our the most popular segment in our thing but that was going to be one part of my bet of the week because right now Houston's still a seven-point favorite, Dan. And Colts, wow. are, like, Colts might even win that game, right? They, they will probably win that game, I think. And I, I can't thinking. imagine that they'll have any offense from the Texans. So, uh, yeah, it, it, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, so the defense can't stop anything. So picture this scenario, Dan. The Colts are up by a touchdown or two. Who are they giving the ball to, Dan? Frank Gore. Frank motherfucking Gore, right? Oh, man, I'm going to win this week. <laughs> <laughs> now, Marlon Mack, the last two games, has got more snaps than Gore. But Gore is still putting up yardage. He's running like a teenage kid. And if you think the Colts are going to be close. A teenage kid from Kevin Spacey? <laughs> no, he's not just lying there. He's actually running <laughs> down the field. <laughs> Topical, I know. <laughs> you did hear, right, that Kevin Spacey just like laid on top or lied on top of a kid. Yeah. I heard that he uh, just climbed on top of him and just sort of sat him down, there. said something and probably then, passed uh, out. It was <laughs> Woke super up. weird. Yeah. Okay. Now why was there a 14 year old kid at some weird Hollywood uh, movie party? This was 1986, Derek. 
A lot of weird things happened in 1986. Yeah, I don't know. I feel weird. I don't want to actually. You know what? <laughs> we'll say that for the uh, domestic <laughs> abuse podcast. <laughs> yeah, pedophilia <laughs> podcast. All right. Okay. Um, so, uh, Bruce, that's a big play here. Uh, the Texans D. What's super interesting, Derek, is even the fact that so now the Texans obviously the, the landscape's changed with the Texans, but uh, Jacoby Brissett was actually the Living the Stream podcast number one stream at QB this week. Uh, even before this news came out, so uh, there is some uh, some analytics involved where it, the Brissett could have was actually going to be a good play this week. Um, they specifically said he was a better play than uh, McGowan in the, at the Jets. Well, I think they were saying though it was part of the implied points total, right? Because they base it on what the over under that Vegas gives it. True, and so that would go down significantly. Now so I, I'd actually yeah, wondered about that. And then just football analyzing, if they are up and they are running it to Gore, then Brissett doesn't have to, it's not forced to pass the ball. So I think that actually took a little bit of a hit, but I still think he's playable. I think like 16 points is doable. It's just, it just depends where you're at on like streaming the quarterback. And how many Sounds good. So do you think you start Hilton? <sighs> I don't I don't think you can. Like, I don't know. So then, if you have so to. Is it a Jack Doyle game to. then? Yeah, it's a Jack Doyle game, of course. Okay. So, <laughs> he, so you start Doyle. So, the ball so you, many times, right? You, you start Doyle, you start Brissett. Uh, maybe some Frank Gore and a little bit of Marlon Mack action if you have to because of, of bye weeks. On the Texans, uh, I'm nervous with everyone on that team. So I would Yeah, I would Lamar Miller, is still, like I said, could you still could be a bottom end. He could still get a TD, right? Like that yeah. first week he got like eight points. It's kind of an RB2 number. True. It's as good as uh, Frank Gore usually, right? Um, okay, next game, Bengals-Jaguars. Yeah, this so could we'll, be a good game. I'm excited about this game. It's I think Jaguars shut them down, right? Like, Well, I'm a little worried that everybody thinks Jaguars are going to shut them down. The Jaguars are a 5.5 favorite, which just feels weird, you know? Yeah. But the defense, in theory, should – yeah, it's a bad offensive line. They should, should, Saxonville should be there tonight. I and think maybe Pixonville like, too, right? Oh my god! <laughs> I've also heard sweat the swag wires like swag. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, actually, I'm all in on the Jaguars. To be honest, this is amazing. So you gotta play Fournette. Yeah, so uh, Fournette for sure. Sneaky yeah. Bortles. <laughs> I don't think I play Bortles. No, um, the Bengals I don't defense think is actually really good. Play Mercedes Lewis either. I think really it's it's Fournette. And if you have to go that long shot, babe, maybe try that D Westerbrook. Uh, but I'd probably well, be more confident if I wait one more week uh, and yeah, see how he does right. this week. Like maybe uh, Hearns because Lee's injured, and then they might ease in West Westbrook. Yeah. So Hearns, but uh, yeah, the Bengals D is good too. I think this is a really low scoring game. Um, the Jaguars have to pull this out though, right? Like this is sort of like uh, Andy Dalton special where he like does something really stupid. Like throw the ball away on fourth yeah. down or something. I feel like I feel like at, at least three interceptions. I'm I'm just gonna say three right now. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna um, put any money on this game though, because it because it <laughs> it's still the Jaguars. Yeah. yeah. You don't um, want to be like, oh, why did I put all my money on the Jaguars again? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on the Bengals, like you start AJ Green. I think uh, even though maybe you, you don't start to, him. Right? Yeah, you, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you're right. People are on buy. There's no way. But I don't know how confident I am with him. Uh, but he he's generally good at getting some kind of separation. And as long as uh, Dalton 
is able to throw the ball even somewhat. I think he he's a good play. But there's not really anyone else in that wide receiver core that I would feel confident in. And then uh, hopefully uh, Joe Mixon gets more action because this guy seems like a superstar. And it just feels like the team doesn't like him or, or, or something. It's like he's got like a bad reputation off the field. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, but he's a hard-hitting guy, Dan. And so I think if they gave him the ball a little more often... I would to talk be honest, back to if him. I was making a game plan here, I would run it. But the Jaguars did just pick up, I think it's Ron uh, McLean from the Bills, who's supposed to shore up a lot of that the run stopping. The Jaguars are shaping up if this guy pans out to be like an unstoppable defense. So I would probably fade all the Bengals. And if you can get away from AJ Green, like within reason, I might do that too. Like if, if there's like a uh, wide receiver two that you had, maybe play him instead. Fair enough. Uh, Buccaneers and the Saints. Uh, I'm excited about this game too. I'm going to watch. I did realize last week though that I uh, I hate the Buccaneers and I'm not going to bet for them or I'm not going to bet for them ever again the rest of the season. Um, too many times they burned me this year. I get a little bit excited for, uh, about them because they have that big game against the Bills. And if you think about the week uh, two against uh, Chicago, a big game, and then they come out the next week and just absolutely shut down. Uh, I just, I just hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> and I, I have to play Doug Martin, and I even think Doug Martin's a good play this week against the Saints, and I'm going to play him, obviously. Um, and I, I'm going to play Cameron Braid as well because I still think Cameron Braid's a pretty good safety net. Um, but I don't know how confident you are about starting Mike Evans. Um, he hasn't really been playing like a super superstar, but he is still in the top five for fantasy points for a wide receiver. So uh, he is obviously doing something, but... I don't know. I just don't like the Bucks as a team right now. And if you could stay away from them, stay away from them. Yeah, wide receivers have been scoring very low this year. So a lot of these, like, everybody feels like they have a flopping wide receiver. But when you look at it, even with Evans, you're like, oh, he's the wide receiver five. As for Doug Martin, apparently since he started playing uh, this year, he's actually the running back eight, which is a, a sad fact that I found out after I traded him away. <laughs> I actually heard that today and I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I was, I was going for it. I was gambling a little bit and you know, it is what it is, but I, I think you got to play Martin. I think he's running well. The saints, I think everybody's hoping for a Michael Thomas game, but maybe they just, this team's just a running team now, you know, with the way they're spreading the ball around, maybe he's more of a wide receiver too going forward. So that's something to keep in mind. That's kind of what they said on uh, the the Ringer NFL show. And I think they're also talking about with Lombardi on GM Street, just how it kind of seems like this team, uh, Sean Payton's kind of just made it an uh, offense now that is revolving around these these running backs. Now, there there is a part of me that is uh, like super pumped that Ingram had those two interceptions last week. Because if you remember fumbles. last year, uh, sorry, yeah, fumbles last week. Uh, if you remember last year, uh, Ingram had one fumble and got benched the second game. And um, they put in Hightower for the whole game. So there is a small to awesome chance that Kamara starts this game next week and sees the majority of the touches finally this season. And I think he's, I think he's, he's deserves it. I think uh, he's been the better running back. Uh, we're at least better passing running back. Um, but I, I'm excited for this team. I actually think they look really good. And I could see the, the Saints getting some action through the air. But it's tough to know who's going to be. It does seem like uh, from at least the last two couple weeks that uh, Breeze likes Michael Thomas and he usually looks for him in, uh, in his first like progressions and does pass to him quite often. I think he's leading the team in uh, targets. 
but I do like Alvin Kamara a lot, and obviously start Ingram as well. Yeah, and as for Snead, like even though they are running the a ball a lot uh, this year, Breeze is still passing a decent amount. Ted Ginn's been doing well, but I don't hate the idea of keeping Snead on your bench because Ginn. He does make a lot of mistakes, and if Snead ever does get back into the, being that wide receiver two for the team, I think he'd be a pretty solid play. After last week, uh, Sean Payton had a quote that basically said, yes, we do have a game plan that involves Willie Steen more, uh, but we're trying to work him in or, or, or ease him into the offense or something like that. So I do think Willie Snead will have an a, effect going down the road, but um, he's just not there yet. Uh, Thomas right now leads the team with 61 targets and 43 completions. Uh, number two in targets, my boy Alvin Kamara, 44. <laughs> so I made a lot of bad trades this year, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next game is the Rams and the Giants. Um, this is going to be just uh, Los Angeles versus New York. And I think the Rams are just going to plow through the Giants. What do you think? They have to, right? Yeah, they do. Um, they're com- coming off a bye. If, if, stop me if I'm saying that no, you're correctly. Right. They are. The Giants, you know, they've been bad all year. And I, I think this is a statement game where the Rams just come out and they win a solid game. I think if you give uh, uh, their coach, Sean, McD- uh, Sean McDermott, right? No. Yeah. Sean McVay. McVay. Oh, yeah. McDermott's the Bills. I'm getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think if you give him a, a full week to be able to game plan against a team that really isn't that great, uh, I think he's going to come out with a wicked game plan. And I, I think the Rams are just going to um, – I think it's going to be a high score for the Rams. I think the Giants will have a hard time scoring as per usual. Maybe they score some garbage time. Uh, so I would be eerie of the over-under. Um, but I do think that the Rams will just uh, pull away from this one and, and it will be a, an easy one. So start your Rams. Um, I would – I don't know. I, I'm still not confident in Sammy Watkins, but you probably have to start him. Uh, but Cooper Cup looks good, and obviously Todd uh, Gurley is a superstar, so you're starting him. And the Giants have this crazy record where they're letting a tight end score every week, so a lot of people are thinking it's uh, Higby. But uh, I don't know too much Everett about guy, isn't right? that, Yeah, that isn't that, yeah the Everett guy there too. I thought it could be him. I don't don't ask me why people are saying that, but I'm just passing that information on to you guys. Sounds good. Uh, for the Giants, the only person I'm confident in on the Giants is uh, Evan Ingram, right? Oh, 100%. And I would try to trade for him right now. Just the, he's a top five tight end. Maybe the your opponent or the person that you're trading with doesn't realize that or just hasn't thought about it in a while. And it would be a great time to pick him up. Yeah, he's, he's fifth right now with 52 fantasy points in uh, our league setting. So that's, yeah, good call. And it's only going to get better. Absolutely. Uh, Other than that, though, I don't really see anyone else on this team that I feel confident in. I don't think Orleans Darkwood's a thing. I don't think uh, uh, the other guy, uh, Perkins, is a thing. I don't think anyone on this team's a thing. So I would just stay away. (laughs) Agreed? That's a good idea. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah. Falcons, Panthers. Oh, I did want to say Stash uh, Shepard. I wouldn't play him this week, but he could be another, uh, like, he... He has wide receiver two upside. For, as, yeah, for sure, you know, for sure. Shepard's good. Actually, even the Rams' defense is good too, so that, that's another reason to try to fade your Giants. Um, yeah, but they've obviously been getting a lot better. It's, it's, it's bye week hell, right, for a lot of teams. So 
uh, I get if you have to play it. It feels like every ge- every game so far we've been telling you guys to fade players on different teams. So obviously you can't fade everyone. Agreed. Uh, Falcons Panthers. So I was doing a lot of DST research. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna play the 49ers, who were you know high enough up on quick on the draws uh, rankings found on Reddit. But then I really thought about it. Carolina's actually put up really solid DST scores throughout the year. They're playing at home against uh, a Falcons team that's been making a lot of mistakes. Um, they couldn't even snap the ball in the rain uh, last week against the Jets. Yeah, what an and embarrassment. I, do, I just feel like uh, the Panthers, I know th- for some reason, I think they're low, ranked low, so low because the Falcons were so good on offense last year. And so if you pick up the Panthers right now, which you might be able to, they even play Miami next week. And I think there's a lot of potential there for turnovers as well. Uh, just a sneaky defense to keep your eye on. But you know that all – so a theme of the podcast this week, the least ones that I listened to, um, was that the Falcons are actually – been pretty decent on offense. I think they rank second right now in uh, yards per drive. Um, and they there's a couple of other metrics that they're actually ahead in, in on the offense. But they're just having a hard time getting the ball in the end zone um, because they're just not throwing the ball to Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just throw the fucking Julio. <laughs> Um, so it, I don't know. I obviously like, I think the Panthers is a good play too. If you remember that game, Panthers versus the Eagles a couple weeks ago on a Thursday night, uh, that just showed the the strength of both of those defenses. Um, I, I know maybe they, they did lose that game, but I still think it made it. The Panthers look good on defense. And then, uh, for me the next week, uh, because I watched that game, I thought the Panthers would just dominate whoever they played the next week. I think it may have been Chicago and, uh, they came out and looked like, like crud. So, um, like crap, like shit. What am I saying crud for? Uh, <laughs> the defense was like against the Bears, though. Like the only touchdowns were pick sixes. That's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I guess it was the the Bears defense that was actually playing pretty good. That's a good point, actually, because um, I do remember them making a comment about how if the if the Panthers would have just went into that game and not thrown the ball at all, they would have came out with with three points probably or something like that. Like they yeah. they probably would have won the game. And those pick sixes didn't count against the DST, so the DST was actually really solid. Yeah, good point, good point. Uh, so for the Falcons, though, I, I, you start Julio. I think I don't think you have a choice you not have to. to start Julio, yeah. Um, and then I would fade Matt Freeman. Ryan. Oh, you gotta I, play yeah, Freeman. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing Matt Ryan. Either. So yeah, Freeman, and then even Sanu. He's been sneaky good this year. Um, just because uh, defenses are kind of leaning towards Julio, maybe shutting him down a bit more, and. Uh, so Snoo's been getting open and getting those touchdown, uh, those red zone looks. Uh, he got a touchdown last week that looked fantastic. Um, I don't know about playing Austin Hooper though. I, a couple of the podcasts this week and JJ Zacharyson's late round podcast specifically said uh, fade Hooper this week. Um, you might have some of that recency bias because he had a pretty decent game last week, but um, it doesn't it doesn't look like going forward he's going to be um, an integral part of that offense. Yeah, I'd fade him too. Uh, on the Panthers' side, we all want to keep an eye on who the uh, second wide receiver is, who the Y wide receiver is, now that Benjamin's gone. Funches looks like a great pickup on paper. Um, if he gets more targets than he was already getting, which was like, what, like 9 or 10 a game, that has to be pretty exciting for anybody that has Funches on their team. Also might be a, an idea to uh, trade for him. Uh but it's, uh, you'd have to be in a league where people aren't uh, excited about the potential. Keep an eye on Curtis Samuel. They're saying they want a faster offense, and he might be the guy. But also, uh, I think his name is Russell Shepard. 
um, a couple of the podcasts sort of under the breath mentioned him. He's another big guy. And so they do want to do that big guy, big guy offense. Uh, he would be the guy. So it's something to look at. I pl- I would play Cam Newton this week. I don't know if everybody's agreeing with me on that, but I think I would. I don't know. It's quite a gamble. And Stewart, right? Because they said they want to run it more. Yeah. And Jonathan Stewart might be a play there. Yeah, I think for sure. Uh, start Stewart if you, if, you, if you can, if you got him. Um, that was a big uh, big thing that came out of, uh, of a couple. I think I was listening to the GM Street podcast again. Um, another thing the GM Street podcast talked about was they straight up asked Lombardi and Tate Frazier. Now, take this for what it's worth. But they asked him who, who's going to be the guy. They both said uh, in unison, Curtis Samuel. Uh, was the guy that's probably going to help your fantasy team the most uh, over Devin Funches. So that was one of the main reasons why I went and picked up Samuel. Uh, just I'm going to put him on my bench. I'm going to see what happens. Um, another thing that came out of it uh, uh, that they were talking about in that podcast was the fact that Christian McCaffrey, they're saying that this this move of moving Kelvin Benjamin, uh, the biggest statement that it makes is that they want to make Christian McCaffrey a wide receiver. And they want to treat him more, in the, put him in the slot more, and um, not make him run up the middle. They, he's just too small of a guy, uh, and they just don't want to – he just can't do that side of things. So what I, what that means to me is Christian McCaffrey more becomes a more of a, your, your passing down back, uh, sitting in the slot more often than not, and then you'll get more uh, run plays up the middle from Jonathan Stewart, more of a conventional team that you would normally see. Um, I hope that equals Jonathan Stewart um, uh, goal line looks, but it's always dangerous with uh, – your boy, uh, fucking quarterback, Cam Newton. <laughs> Cam Newton, yeah, because Cam Newton loves to steal those touchdowns just so he can pretend like he rips his shirt open and have that Superman symbol on it. And now's the time to pick up Olsen if you can, because yeah, uh, he should be coming back in a couple weeks. And uh, now that Benjamin's gone, he might be the reliable target. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this team. I think this this first game will tell us a lot. Uh, as to where they're going to go now that Kelvin's gone. If you guys remember last week or watched that game last week, Kelvin Benjamin really was very quiet in that game right down to near the last minute. I thought he had retired, uh, and then he caught a touchdown, uh, like a 40-yard touchdown in in the end zone. So that kind of saved his week last week. Um, not saying that, th- that that really means anything. He was obviously out there still uh, pulling defenses and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how this team plays now. I feel like it's going to be a whole different team and uh, – I don't know. I have a hard time uh, knowing what's going to happen here, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm optimistic. I feel like, I don't know, just from all my years of watching football, that's the, those are the kind of moves that, you know, maybe people get worried about. You know, they make jokes about it, and then they come out and make it like 30 points, you know, on offense. Yeah. So we'll see, but you know, I got a good feeling. And so if you can get a lot of these guys, like, for pretty cheap – on the Panthers, I might do it just to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, this would be a fun game to watch, actually. I think the Falcons-Panthers game might be the one that I watch at 1 o'clock. Because, yeah, uh, it's a division game, right? Exciting. Yeah, probably the most exciting one. Okay, our next uh, matchup is the Broncos and the Eagles. Uh, this this could be a good one, too, man. A, a high-powered offense versus a, a defense. Uh, and then an offense with uh, Vince Lombardi's The Heist, uh, Brock the heist. Osweiler. Uh, the guy who went down to uh, Houston... Made 74 mil, <laughs> went up to Cleveland, collected 16 mil, and then came right back to the Broncos. Uh, and is now starting. It's unbelievable. Um, it's so amazing. It's Yeah, he, things really worked out for him. Like it, He should be thanking Peyton Manning right now, or Peyton Manning's uh, thigh, 
for those four games uh, of 2015 where he got to play, play just well enough <laughs> to uh, look good, get an offer, and then uh, and then just come back home uh, two weeks, two years later. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. I hope he plays well. I don't think he does though. I I feel like Me the Eagles outclass the Broncos here, and it's just interesting to see if the defense can keep it. Uh, the Denver defense can keep it close, but it's at Eagles, right? Yeah. I think the Eagles defense is a huge play here. I think they're Absolutely. top three, right? Yeah, I think they are too. Um, the Eagles defense, is, they call it a funnel defense where they, they really shut down the run game. So CJ Anderson, would be, I would feel dangerous about starting. Uh, I do think that the, the game plan for the Broncos should be to try keep the ball out of Broncos uh, Osweiler's hand, but I just don't think he'll be able to because I think the Eagles defense will shut it down, uh, and that means they're going to be passing the ball. So uh, I read a couple of wicked stats, uh, that, wicked for me because I have De- uh, Demarius Thomas, um, that Demarius Thomas had one of uh, actually has a, a higher points per game average with uh, Osweiler in the game uh, over Trevor Simeon. Uh, so it's just people just trying to get themselves excited uh, for Osweiler coming in there. Maybe it'll add a little juice. And then uh, someone said, and I, don't, I have nothing to back this up because I didn't read it myself, but someone in one of our leagues said that Emmanuel Sanders had his best uh, fantasy outing ever with uh, Osweiler at the helm. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this game rolls out. But if I could get away from C.J. Anderson, I'm getting away from C.J. Anderson. Uh, and maybe I start those wide receivers uh, in a tough bye week. Well, Booker looked better last week. So True. there's even some running back controversy. And they were wanting to give the ball to Charles and until he fumbled it, which I guess it was right away. He looked really good too. You got to like, there's a couple, I think in both our leagues, people have seen Anderson. I feel like they think they have a real running back and I would be selling him so quick. Like I'd be just trying to get anything for him because like, there's just, nothing's going to happen there. Right. Same, same. It's totally scary same. to have him. Uh, and Eagles. Eagles yeah, yeah. The receivers, right. right. I don't yeah. know what you're thinking. I'm thinking you can't start anybody. Well, like other than Ertz. But with the wide receiver, it's, it's a scary proposition. Yeah, like I don't think I'm starting Alshon. Like I could, I could not start Alshon Jeffrey this week and feel totally confident in myself. Um, but Ertz, yeah, Ertz, Ertz is the guy, right? Like just think about what Travis Kelsey just did to this de- this defense last week. Um, it, it was all Travis Kelsey, like 130 yards and, and a touchdown, uh, maybe two touchdowns. Um, yeah. So it's going to be Ertz all day in this game. And if they try to game plan Ertz out, then maybe you'll see uh, some Nelson Aguilar and some Jeffrey action. But I do not, I do not, I would not bet on that. I would not bet my, uh, uh, I don't know, my my friggin' Super Bowl Fifty One shot class on it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, even Daniel the run game, Jeremiah. Here, even the run game, I don't trust uh, for the Eagles. Well, you don't know who's going to be running it. We were we talked we talked about yeah, that earlier. Totally true. I think Lebron Le- Blunt gets the ball a lot this game. But uh, we'll see how it turns out. I did want to say uh, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL. He's the guy that kind of called the Nelson Aguilar breakout that we're kind of seeing. He did say the wide receiver Mac Hollins um, is a guy that they've been wanting to get the ball to more. He uh, did get a touchdown two games ago against Washington. Uh, peep, there's some rumors about him taking the Torrey Smith role and doing something good with it. So somebody that maybe you want to star in your fantasy league. If you have a crazy deep league, I say grab him. But we're in pretty deep leagues, and I just can't pick him up right now. But it's definitely got to keep your eye on him, see how his snaps rise. And if they rise pretty high, he might be the guy to get because he'd be that air yards guy on the Eagles team. Sounds good. Um, I think I'm starting Wentz here no matter what because uh, I feel like him and Ertz are going to connect a few times for a few TDs. So Yeah, uh, and he but... could just run it, run it a bit too. Yeah. 
He's a superstar, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's so good. All right. Uh, Ravens, Titans. Um, what, what do you think you got here, Derek? Um, so I, I did think a little bit about this one. Uh, Tennessee hasn't really been able to well, – hasn't been a strong defense this year. Kind of opens it up for the Ravens. Flacco has been practicing. I, I'm kind of liking Watson and Macklin here. And, you know, it's scary to say that because the offense hasn't been playing that well. The Ravens are the kind of team that, you know, starts bringing it together. Um, even that one year they won the Super Bowl. And I'm not, trust me, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, they did bounce back uh, from a lot of uh, horrible games. And so I think I would play Macklin. Actually, I am playing Macklin. And uh, I might play Ben Watson, too, if you're really, really desperate at tight end. Uh, is, is there anybody on Tennessee that you've been thinking about? Well, obviously, Corey First Davis. First is is... Um... Is Flacco 100% playing? He's not 100% playing. So, so there is that. If, but if he Flacco was doesn't play, are you confident? I would all still play Macklin because I, I kind of thought Mallet looked better than uh, okay, okay. Flacco. But I do think Flacco's going to play. But I was a little more excited that Mallet was playing, to be completely okay. honest with you. Tennessee's okay. defense is not great, and somebody's got to get the ball. And it's going to be one of those guys, right? It's going to be an Alex Collins game. Like, Alex Collins is going to run a lot this game. And I think Alex Collins puts up a decent stat line. Uh, just kind of like what we just saw last Thursday against Miami. That's what I that's what I think will happen on the Ravens' side of the ball. Uh, for the Titans, uh, super excited for Corey Davis coming back. I, he's been on this this crazy hype train all year. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see how it actually all plays out. Um, the big the big number that I think anyone from uh, any kind of football player will tell you is that that week one with for Corey Davis, where he saw 13 targets in the in that first game, um, it just shows. That oh man, this guy's going to be a, a superstar. So we're expecting lots of volume, and hopefully this guy gets open. Um, other than that, though, Demarco Murray looks good. Uh, I don't know if is Delaney Walker back. He, I know he went out injured a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, he's to, not officially back yet. And actually, to be honest, Demarco Murray doesn't look that great either because we don't know. He's had he some hasn't been hamstring well. issues. Yeah, they talked about trading him. Like they might start going over to Henry. I have my fingers crossed on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're if you if you're in a league where uh, the Henry Henry owner uh, needs a little bit of help somewhere else, uh, fire fire some trades because I have this gut feeling that Henry is a week uh, a league winner. Uh, and on the couch podcast, actually had said that specifically that he's one of those guys that if Mar- uh, Murray takes enough of a step back and they give him more action, um, he'll uh, have some bursts. Now I know you're, you're probably a little bit timid because the last game they played was against the Browns and Henry only got about 26 yards. But the Browns have a really good run defense, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, but the, the Browns have a good run defense; they're one of the top teams in, in run D. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, and yeah, if you can get Henry, I think it's a, he's a good stash because uh, I have this. Yeah, like I said, I have a gut feeling that guy's winning me a season. <laughs> you might be right. I did want to mention that Woodhead is back, eligible to be back week eleven, and you can put him on your IR spot if you want to, if you have the up, the open spot. Everybody is saying that he's right away going to take uh, Buck, Allen. Buck Allen's uh, passing yard stuff. Who knows? Like if the Ravens are in the mix, I think they. They start getting the ball a lot more, and that's why in the in my leagues I wasn't really excited about getting Alex Collins because, like, don't you just see Woodhead getting the ball a little bit more? They might ease him in a teeny bit, so it's gonna be hard to know. But it, I think it's gonna be a headache. Yeah. So it's I like agree. the thing is, you pick up Woodhead just in case, but then and, maybe, and what if West comes back too? Like West 
as oh, well, then matter, but yeah, then so what's going to happen? It'll be a four-headed. It'll be the the Patriots uh, running backs. Uh, shit so maybe, show. so maybe one big game for Collins, and then just flip him right away. Yeah, that'd be a smart move. Um, and then Titans uh, for wide receivers, other than Corey Davis, I don't. You, you can't start Eric Decker. He hasn't done anything for us all season. I don't think that's going to change. And then Rashad Matthews um, is maybe a low end wide receiver three uh, flex. Uh, start. I, I don't see him being too much higher. Maybe wide receiver two. It's really going to depend on how it all shakes out now with Corey Davis back out there. My hope is that Corey Davis is the wide receiver one, and I think that's kind of what the general consensus is on Reddit. <laughs> well, I feel like Rashad Matthews could be the wide receiver one on that team. He's been playing very strong, like way better than a lot of people think. Um, he hasn't really done the fantasy stuff because Mariota hasn't really stepped up. True. Um, so I wouldn't be completely surprised if he was like the wide receiver one this game. Obviously hoping... It's Davis, but that's part of the gamble that we're taking, right? Yeah, I guess you're, you're gambling on uh, which one's going to be the number one, and whoever is the number one will be the number one uh, definitively. I think the other one will probably be uh, a, a wide receiver three or a flex. I don't think you're going to have two wide receiver ones on this team. Yeah, I think okay. they're a run first team, right? Smash Mouth. Text, yeah, exotic sure. Smash Mouth. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, exotic. <laughs> Cardinals 49ers. All right, so this is going to be a bad game to watch. Um, two horrible quarterbacks with uh, Bethard and Drew Stanton playing in this game. Um, I was trying to look for fantasy value, but uh, Garcon's out. So we, we talked about this early, Dan, earlier. Uh, we don't know who Patrick Peterson's going to be covering. Is it going to be Goodson or is it going to be Aldrich Robinson? And if you, if you can figure that out, then play the guy that's not on Patrick Peterson because they're going to be forced to pass the ball in this game. Yeah, and Garcon's out for the season. He's been put, moved to IR uh, for a neck injury. He is, he's done. <laughs> so it's going to be a tough game. Uh, Drew Stanton, let's just, can we just say fade everyone? Um, Yeah, I think so. I guess, right. I, I, there's a slight chance I'm playing John Brown this week. Um, They were saying Fitz could be a play. It's funny, I've been hearing different things. I've seen stats saying how much worse the Cardinals get with Drew Stanton under center. But I've also seen stats like sort of saying that Fitzgerald and even John Brown don't really change with Drew Stanton. And so I just don't know. Like, I think people are just using stats to kind of prove their point. I've heard a lot of people say Fitzgerald is a play on a lot of the list of stardom Stidham. People are picking Fitz as a play. So he might not be a guy that you, uh, you know, want to sleep on. I was also thinking, isn't there a scenario where Andre Ellington's in there? Like, he might be hurt, but if he's not, and just get a lot of checkdowns. Oh, you know who was a start this week? Adrian Peterson. Yeah, Adrian Peterson, yeah. The thing is, the 49ers, well, not in that Dallas game, but I thought the 49ers' defense was actually pretty solid, so... It's a scary game to really pick. I don't want to watch this game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Carlos Hyde, players, so you don't Carlos Hyde might be a good start, you think, against Cardinals? Yeah, maybe. with the rumors, another scenario where with the rumors that maybe they were going to trade him, like when did they just start playing Matt Breda a little bit more? Yeah. Like I know it looked like he, you know, Hyde had gotten the job outright, but as they get further along the season, they want to look at Garoppolo. I don't know. They might put Breda in more. All right. Let's just move on from this garbage fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and move on to this garbage fire, the Redskins Seahawks. <laughs> Uh, Redskins have been decimated uh, on the offense with just injuries galore. Um, they had nothing really going for them. Uh, their offensive line took a, took a few big hits uh, a couple weeks back against the Eagles and then just looked uh, 
pathetic last week against the Cowboys. So I don't know who you're happy for uh, on in Washington. We don't have a real wide receiver one. Um, Jordan Reed, I think, is is possibly out this game. So Vernon Davis all of a sudden becomes a a, a tight end one uh, possibility. Uh, this is uh, this team. I tell you, uh, I don't know who to cheer for. Jameson Crowder, maybe right. Well, Crowder's hurt. He sounds like he might not play this week. <laughs> Fuck. So, <laughs> Josh Dawson. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I was thinking Dotson too. They're saying maybe Grant gets kicked to the slot, and then they play Terrell Pryor and, and Dotson on the outside. Well, In that Jake, case, he's been dealing with a bruise on his shoulder. <laughs> oh so. my god! <laughs> the Washington is like the Minnesota Vikings of, of like 20, this year. Yeah, you know, like the Vikings had so yeah, many injuries. Totally. It's like because the skins were actually good. Like Lombardi was even saying, I think they're like one of the best teams in the league. I saw a power poll where they were the tenth team after they lost to the Eagles. Like people still thought this was a great team, but so many injuries, like you said. Um, basically, fade everybody in Washington if you have to. Maybe Chris Thompson, he could be a play. Yeah. And then Seattle, we were we already talked about him a little bit. Um, we're kind of excited about uh, at least the pass pass catchers. For sure. So uh, in, in Seattle, I like Doug Baldwin. Uh, I know he didn't get thrown to too much uh, last week, but I think that just more had to do with the, the game flow. Uh, this Paul Richardson seems like a sneaky play. Um, maybe not on a lot of people's radars, but he was someone that um, I was looking for in one of our leagues to try to pick up. Um, didn't get a chance to, but I thought he looked pretty decent. Uh, two touchdowns last week. It just seems like uh, Russell Wilson's looking to uh, looking for him when he starts scrambling. Uh, and then Tyler Lockett also had a pretty decent, uh, pretty big game last week against Houston. It might just be what, like like I said, uh, a development of the situation of that game. Uh, but they look good. Uh, I don't know if I'm starting Lockett. Uh, I might start Paul Richardson in, in a bye week uh, conundrum. But I do think you could probably confidently start. No, you can't because you got uh, the Redskins corners. Uh, Josh Norman will be all over. Oh, does Josh Norman travel usually? He doesn't. No, he he doesn't. stays on he one stays side of the field. On the one side, yeah. So I guess find out what side of the field uh, Baldwin will be on, and maybe you can start Baldwin. Well, I guess Lockett got more targets than uh, Richardson last game. Now it was a wonky game, so, but don't just write off Lockett right away though, because I feel like it, that game could have just easily have been a, a Lockett game where he got two touchdowns. And so there's, I know there's a lot of hype with Richardson after those after that big game. I think he's like a top 14 wide receiver right now. And so people are always like, people are like, oh, it's pretty sneaky. Um, I think Baldwin's the guy to pick up right now. Yeah. Um, Low. If you like- can get him. Yeah. Just because Russell Wilson's, you know, heating it up. Baldwin's done this like the last two or three years. Like at a certain point, this is just what happens. And he'd be a pretty solid pickup if you can grab him. You're right. Uh, Lockett had eight targets last week. Richardson had seven. So not a huge uh, disparity between them, but uh, still one extra target does look good. Now, uh, this is from NFL Savant, so plays with uh, penalties are included, um, but eight to seven. And then Doug Baldwin actually did still lead the team with 13 targets last week. So that's interesting to see for sure. All right, let's go to the Cowboys and KC. This is that, the game to watch, game. right? This is the game yeah, to watch at 4 o'clock. Game. So maybe after the, the 1 o'clock game's end, uh, take that extra half an hour, spend it with your family. Um, I don't know, maybe make some hot chocolate, uh, put a little cinnamon in it, uh, like a hot chocolate cinnamon thing going on. Uh, spend that <laughs> half an hour with your family, cuddle around uh, the TV, and then watch this game at 425. <laughs> Eastern. I, I do have some pumpkin seeds I still have to put in the oven, so... 
There you Might go. That's a perfect time for him to do it. You have a little yeah. gap there. There's a little <laughs> gap. So you got to you have to play everybody on KC, right? Then the usual suspects. I think you play everyone on both teams. Uh, I think this would be a good game, a good offensive game, because I don't think either team has a really good defense. Yeah, I think it has. I think it was the second highest, most offensive, like uh, implied total. I think the over under was uh, extremely high on this one. Um, I was gonna play Beasley, and then I found out he's kind of injured, and so I got a little scared off by it. But yeah, doesn't it feel like they're gonna pass the ball a lot more in this game? Um, I guess there's some question marks in the running back situation, but Dak Prescott, you gotta play him, right? Yeah, for sure. I uh, so yeah, fifty-two point over under. And I got no. It's a pick 'em for the point spread. Really, I, KC's got to win that game, right? I would think so. But if you watch that game last week against Denver, now maybe it's just because it was against Denver. KC couldn't get out. Couldn't get out of their own way in that game, and it just didn't seem like uh, like that offense that we saw earlier in the season uh, was clicking the way it usually does. Now, it, like it, it could hundred percent be just because the Broncos have a good defense. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. I, I, I think this would be a good game. I, I think the Cowboys are going to be really, really missing Zeke Elliott. And I think you're going to see that. And it could actually be a, a good time to be trying to get some players in the wide receiver core of the Cowboys. Cause a lot of the analysts and a lot of podcasts have been saying that it, they're going to have to try to move their game more towards a passing game, put the game in Dak's hands, let Dak, uh, control the, the pace of the game, let Dak throw the ball. Uh, he's been playing quite well if you watched uh, any of their games. He, the guy looks like a superstar um, that I think we all knew from last year. So it, it could be a really good uh, – like Des Bryant, I think it's a huge uptick with Zeke out. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe Jason Witten uh, sees a little bit more action because uh, he would be a more, couple more dump-offs uh, to Witten. Uh, and other than that, though, I don't – maybe Terrell Williams. I don't like him, though. I wouldn't start him. But Bryant and Witten, I think, are, are definitely startable players. Yeah, and then we were completely wrong last week, but this is 100% the Kareem Hunt game. He's yeah. He uh, has he's due for some positive regression for touchdowns just based on how many carries he has. And uh, I did hear, uh, I forget the, the second-year wide receiver who plays the opposite of Tyreek Hill. I want to say it's like Thompson or Tom, Samsonite. <laughs> is anyway, that a uh, Tony Romo reference or is that a Dumb and Dumber reference? Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> dumb and Dumber reference. Anyway, uh, Evan Silva said he was a sleeper. Is it Wilson? Albert Wilson? No, it's not Albert Wilson, no. If you go two games ago, he had like 80 yards. Two games ago. Travis anyway, Ross. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Samsonite, I told you. <laughs> Demarcus Robinson? No. Yeah, I mean, that must have been him. Yeah, Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Demarcus Robinson. There you go. He's a sneaky play. <laughs> <laughs> Our analysis gets so much better as we get deeper into this. Um, <laughs> Luckily, I, nobody's gotten this far. <laughs> never, never. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, I do think you could probably play all your players here because I think it'll be it'll be a point scoring bonanza. Um, let's go to the Raiders Dolphins. All right. So after last week. Last week, the Dolphins looked like a dumpster fire. And, well, Color's back, right? Yeah, Color's back. officially back? So, and Devontae Parker's back, too. Devontae Parker's back. 
No JHI though, so we have Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams. Which might even have made them better. All right, but I don't know. I still think the Dolphins are going to be bad in this game. I think this might be a solid game for Oakland. I would start a lot of my Oakland guys. But wouldn't it just be weird? Wouldn't it be just so strange? Like two primetime games, but all of a sudden the Dolphins are like really good this game. I don't know. I don't necessarily see it, but it'd be it would interesting. Be, it would be true to the Dolphins' form this year. Like they have a game where they almost get shut out. Then they have a good game. Then they have a game they almost get shut out again. Then they have a good Like they've been off and on. It's been so crazy. It's tough to watch, to be honest with you. I don't know how you're a Dolphins fan this year because uh, you're constantly either trying to kill yourself or like super proud of yourself and then back to uh, just being sad again. Uh, so the trick is to hang yourself while patting yourself on the back <laughs> or, or something like that, I guess. <laughs> um, but for the Raiders, Don't hang yourself, please. Yeah, <laughs> Not yeah. you, but just the one guy that's listening. He's like, Finally, <laughs> I had permission. The, the Raiders, I think I confidently am going to start Michael Crabtree. Um, I'm going to timidly start uh, Amari Cooper. Um, the running backs, I don't know if I'm confident in, in Lynch. Uh, so I'm probably not going to start him. On the well, Dolphins, Jared Cook has been on fire. Jared Cook, yeah, I guess you can go Jared Cook. On the Dolphins, I like Parker coming back. I think he's a solid play. I think Kenny Stills takes a step back because Parker's back, so I would probably try to stay away from Stills if he can. And then Jarvis Landry, I think he can start confidently. And then it's kind of a mess between Drake and, uh, and Williams, and I know a lot of people are probably hurting from bye week. Uh, sounds like everything I've heard so far, it will be Drake uh, as the starting back, but it's going to be a true committee. All right, just gotta, I got to check out and see what that trade was in our league here. Okay, uh, we'll go to the next game. So Lions-Packers, this is the Monday night game. This game on paper uh, about two, three weeks ago uh, looked awesome. Uh, but now it's probably not quite as awesome. Um, the Lions, I think, uh, will win this game. And I think the Lions defense is a good play. I actually picked them up uh, two weeks ago thinking that, hey, I could start them against the Packers and they have two more games uh, against uh, low, uh, bad, some bad offenses. Uh, I don't know the right off the top of my head right now, but I can look it up later. Uh, Lions, though, I would definitely start Matthew Stafford um, because I think they're going to be throwing the ball. And Marvin Jones is a sneaky play. They, they've been looking like he, they've been looking at him lately, especially last week. He had two big, uh, long targets. Uh, Eric Ebron, I'm probably staying away from. Amir Abdullah, you could probably start, but I wouldn't do that confidently. He's the Aaron uh, Amir Abdullah is, isn't isn't that good at running back. Uh, if you can stay away from him, stay away from him. Uh, got any any guys on the lines you like, Derek? So on the Lions, uh, I did like the TJ Jones. I thought about playing him. His targets have gone up over the last three games that he's played. So I'd keep an eye on Kenny Galladay to make sure he was out for this game. It's weird. If I had bigger balls, Dan, <laughs> I'd be playing TJ Jones because I, I really feel like he looked really good um, on that last primetime game. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put my foot, you know, I think he's going to do really well. So keep an eye on him. What is Pete doing? What kind of trade is that? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, okay. Let's talk, let's talk about this trade real quick. Cause I, so the trade is the one guy traded uh, JGI and Ty Montgomery. And then uh, he got Kenyon Drake and Funches. Now, Dan, hear me out. Isn't Ajay the best player in that group? Yeah, yeah. So he's he's trading Drake and he's he's trading Funches for Jay Ajay, right? Because Drake's still got yeah. a big question mark. That's basically it. Uh, yeah. All right. It's a little more fair. I thought Jay Ajay was. Oh, he has so much upside. 
But with yeah. that said, like we don't know how he's actually going to be like, exactly one he's game in a, yet. He's in a new, uh, whole new offense. You don't know how he's going to be played at all. And that yeah. offense but, already has three running backs who have been doing good for them. Yeah. Uh, it helps me very much this week because I play him, the guy that just traded away Funchess and Drake. He was going to start Drake and Funchess. Now he's going to have to start Ajay, and he has to or or Ty Montgomery, right? Oh my like, gosh. That's that, amazing. That kills me though, because the guy that I was playing <laughs> Jay and Jai and Timon. Yeah. Now he's got Funches and Drake. Oh man. Anyways, let's get back to this. <laughs> Nobody needs to know about that, but the main thing is you, who would you rather have, Funches or Jay Jai? This week, Funches. Yeah. But over time Maybe Ajay. I guess time will tell, but yeah. I think I would take the chance and like I'd be kind of excited about Ajay. I yeah. don't know, but we were just talking about how we don't even know if they're going to, like, ease them in or not. Yeah, like, who, who's the starting running back? Oh, I don't know, man. That's tough. Yeah, you know what, Dan? I think Funches might be the better side on that. Yeah. Because you're the number one wide receiver for uh, Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. But that's a completely different position, though, so you don't know how he's going to act out either. Maybe it's a nothing trade in the end. We'll find out. <laughs> all right, and did you mention Aaron Jones then? I didn't talk about the Packers at all yet. So um, Aaron Jones is the man to own here. Uh, they talked about how he's had a 62% uh, market share of that backfield in the last three weeks uh, that he that he started playing. Uh, the guy looks amazing. If you saw his last game uh, against, I think, the Saints, uh, where he just broke out early, they have a good offensive line, and they just got a bunch of uh, pieces back in their offensive line. So it's, it's a healthy offensive line, and you got Aaron Jones. They don't have a great quarterback. Fire up Aaron Jones is because that kid is going to feast. Yeah, the offensive – I don't know if – did you mention that the offensive line is even healthier? I did. And I think – okay. And then Green Bay, before they were even healthy, were like top four in uh, just the yards that the offensive line was getting for them. So I'm very excited about Jones. I think Me you too. have to like center it all around him. Now, <laughs> with that said, uh, McCarthy does play tricks at running back and mixes things up, so – just be prepared to be like disappointed. Like we're like Ty Montgomery gets the ball a whole bunch. And then you're like, Oh fuck. Why are you doing this? He's not even that good. It just happens sometimes. It's part of having a, a green Bay running back, which I have had over the years. Fair enough. Uh, Jordy Nelson, I think out of the, out of the running, out of the wide receivers on the, the green Bay Packers, I think I am confident in Jordy Nelson. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I am. I think you can maybe start him here. If you're, if you're hurting, uh, and maybe Adams, but I think Randall Cobb you could probably fade. I was hearing a, on the on the couch podcast, guy was saying this is the time to get rid of Jordy Nelson and get Devin Funches. Like just get rid of him. He has a little bit of value right now, and there's, the value is not going to be there going forward. With that said, I've also heard another analyst saying that Huntley actually likes throwing it to down the sidelines, and so somebody like Jordy Nelson with his route running might be uh, able to take advantage of that. With that said, you kind of have to wait for it to shake out um, before you, like I would feel comfortable playing anybody. That's for sure. Sounds good. Okay. Let's do our favorite part of the show. Everyone's favorite part of the show. It is the bet of the week. I'm, yeah, there we go. I'm so glad yet. we didn't do the uh, <laughs> John Cena thing. But uh, W-E-A-K, uh, we both lost last week too. Uh, and it's all because of the Buccaneers for me. Uh, I fucking hate them and I'm never betting for them ever again. Yeah, and then I lost because fucking 
your dude Benjamin runs in for a safety against the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> like I lost both my bets. I would have won like fifty bucks just because they didn't cover. It was like they ended ended up being eight points and I had seven point five. Oh man, it was fucking safety anyway and then so they were forced to go for two they didn't get the two-pointer anyway i'm bitter dan i'm bitter that's fair uh you got a better of the week this week yeah i was looking at it and what i was thinking is i would take the colts plus seven against the texans that now don't have uh deshaun watson and then i was probably going to parlay that with uh you were saying kc and dallas is basically a pick yeah. Um I'd put I'd parlay that with KC to win that game. KC has to win that game, like without a doubt. And right. so that's it. I'm gonna put those together. Actually, you know, I'm I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna put five bucks on it. And we'll see how much I'm gonna win here. Oh, I gotta fucking log in. Anyway, you go over your <laughs> bet and then I'll let you know. Alright, I'm gonna do uh I, I, I the Atlanta Carolina game scares me a bit, but I think I'm gonna say Atlanta, they're two point underdog. I think Atlanta could keep it tight. I think I might regret that bet, though. I think that'll be the one that will bite me in the ass. Um, from there, I am going to go <laughs> with... Well, how about this real quick? Go ahead. Um, first of all, last week, we uh, did... I guess we have a new thing where it's like the our pick-off, right? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. I lost last week. Damn And it. you lost last week. And I don't actually remember who I picked. It was but... Houston, Seattle. You had Seattle. I had Houston. Ah, there we go. I'm going to pick Carolina in this against Atlanta. Okay, I'll do Atlanta. I like it. All right. And uh, so for your other bet. I'm going to do KC uh, for the pick'em. And I want an underplay. I think I'm going to do an underplay for – what was that game we said was going to be low scoring? Ah, uh, low scoring. That's a very good question, Dan. Cincinnati-Jacksonville. Oh, well, yeah, Cincinnati-Jacksonville, yeah. It's 39.5 points. I'm saying under for that game. I'm just going to go three this week, and hopefully I can win back some money. Put a solid tenner in there to win $74. Boom. It's in. So Atlanta, uh, Kansas City to win over Dallas. Uh, Atlanta negative two. And then I have the under in the Cincinnati-Jacksonville game. And I'm betting five bucks on the Colts plus seven KC to win straight out. Going to win me 18 bucks. Nice. I'm seeing it right now. Sounds good, Derek. This wasn't a bad podcast. I think we did good again. We did go a little bit longer than usual, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you can get a hold of us at Interception Pod uh, at, at on Twitter or the Interception Podcast at gmail.com. Is that correct? That's correct. And make sure you don't tell anybody or any of your friends about this podcast. We're we also do not weapon. want you to write. Actually, <laughs> actually, I was thinking of this scenario where you, you make a review on iTunes. You give it five stars, and then you give a reason like how horrible we are for each star that you give us or whatever. Oh, that. that's what it is. Yeah, so if you can think of five horrible things to say about us, you give us five stars. And if you can only think of one horrible thing to say about us, you give us one star. I don't know. I just think it's a thing. So that's anyway, a that's cool a thing, thing now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, uh, good luck this week in fantasy football, and have a nice episode. See you guys. Okay.